0: You are now listening to
1: Chakras and Shotguns.
0: Welcome to Chakras and Shotguns, the podcast that guides you on a journey of spiritual development and personal preparedness. I'm Mick, a marketer, energy healer, and prepper.
1: And I'm Jen, a former lawyer yogi and tarot card reader. Do you have a big ego?
0: I got a big ego.
1: (laughs) It might be a good time to take a closer look. On today's episode, we're digging into what the ego really is, why it matters, and how our awareness of it impacts our spiritual journey.
0: But before we get into that, if you're all caught up on the podcast and want more content from us, be sure to follow our IG page, Facebook page, and TikTok account. We do a lot of giveaways on there from time to time. We even have content that we don't talk about on the podcast. So definitely give us a follow. We're on IG and Facebook as at Chakras and Shotguns, and we're on TikTok as Chakras Podcast.
1: Because they policing us on TikTok. (laughs) We're going to get into the breath work. But first, I want to give my boo a happy birthday shout out. Happy birthday, Mick. Gemini season is upon us.
0: Let's go. Appreciate it, baby. You're
1: welcome. Let's get into some breath work and get ourselves to a mindful place. So find a comfortable seat. You can always lie down. And usually we say put a hand on your belly, a hand on your heart, But really intuitively let your hands fall wherever they like, wherever your body feels comfortable. If you want some suggestions, you can have your hands face down to ground you. You can have your hands face up to receive. And let's start paying attention to the breath. Inhaling in through your nose, feeling yourself up with air, And then sigh that breath out through your mouth. Just do that again, inhaling in through your nose, filling your belly, your chest. And open mouth, exhale that breath out through your mouth. Maybe even let your tongue hang. Just fully empty yourself of air. Last one together, inhaling in through your nose. This time, close your lips and exhale that breath softly out through your nose. Allow yourself to breathe naturally. Maybe release some tension that you might be feeling. Can you sink a little bit deeper into your seat or if you're lying down into the floor? Maybe shrug your shoulders up by your ears and then bring your shoulders down your back and allow yourself to release some more tension. Is your tongue stuck to the roof of your mouth? Gently release it. Release any tension in your jaw, in your fingers, your toes, your legs. Just arrive in this moment. We talk a lot in meditation about the thoughts that come up and observing them and then coming back to the practice. And today's breathwork meditation is going to be a little hands off. As you sit here in this moment and try and find presence, as the thoughts come up, Really allow yourself to be the observer. Completely non-attached from the to-do list that pops up or the person you're supposed to call back or whatever thoughts may bubble up in this moment. Truly allow yourself to say, hmm, that's interesting as you watch it float by not attaching it to yourself. And just experience what that feels like. Slowly start coming back to yourself, making your inhales match your exhales. Maybe do a full body stretch and start to just re-enter your body. Flicker your eyes open. Maybe keep your gaze soft. As you gently come back into the room and come back into this body and this existence. All right. Thank you.
0: All right. Thank you so much, Jen.
1: Yeah. I think that breath work is going to make a lot more sense as we get into this episode about the ego. And particularly when we start talking about this book, The Untethered Soul.
0: Mm. All right, so the ego. Let's get into it. What is it? What does it mean when we say someone lets things get to their ego? Or even that someone is egotistical? Generally, we are defining ego as a person's self-concept or self-image. It represents an individual's beliefs, perceptions, and evaluations of themselves, including their abilities, traits, and social roles. This is typically how modern psychology and self-development define ego, but there are some other definitions too. So starting first with Sigmund Freud, the OG of psychoanalysis, (laughs) he believed that our minds are made up of different parts and that one of these parts is called the ego. And so according to Freud, the ego acts as a mediator between our basic desires, like wanting immediate pleasure and the rules and values we've learned from society, like knowing what's right and wrong. The ego's job is to find a balance between these two forces, allowing us to satisfy our desires in a realistic and socially acceptable way. Essentially, the ego helps us navigate between our instincts and the expectations of the world around us.
1: Is that like saying the ego is um when you have home training?
0: Yeah. <laughs> That's basically what it is. You know, like your kids, they do what they want at home and then they go out in public and people are like, oh, they so well behaved because they got their they home training on them.
1: Exactly. Yeah,
0: that's basically what it is.
1: Because you can know the rules, but that don't mean you got home training. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't know. It just came to me.
0: <laughs> I like it. Moving on to philosophy. So in philosophy, the ego is often associated with... Self-identity or self-consciousness, it represents an individual's sense of being a distinct and separate entity capable of self-reflection and self-awareness.
1: Okay. Sounds like being sentient, Mm -hmm, like I'm mm -hmm. a person.
0: Absolutely. In spiritual and mystical traditions, the ego is often seen as a false sense of self or an illusory construct. It is considered the source of suffering and separation from the interconnectedness of all things.
1: Hmm, that was interesting.
0: Yeah, that one really I think hits home for me. Like I, I think I've really started to embrace that one recently.
1: Yeah. Hmm. It also makes me think of different cultures, different traditions, especially indigenous African religions. Even certain Asian cultures of how they approach community that really speaks to this definition of ego, Mm. of that this is just an illusion that you're alone, that you're solo, that you're just this individual experiencing this individual life. And that the interconnectedness, and especially with nature, et cetera, makes the, you see a much bigger picture outside of the ego.
0: Mm. That makes a lot of sense. I think that there was this story I was reading. There was like some visitors from Europe who came to like this African village, and they were playing games with the kids. And they were like, the first one to touch this tree gets like a piece of chocolate or something, right? Mm-hmm. Some type of prize. And they were like, "Go!" And the kids didn't like take off running like they would here in America or in the West. They like all held hands and like walked together, Aww. so that when they got to the tree, they all were winners. Mm. I think that just like illustrates again that difference in culture of like the ego versus the oneness of the collective.
1: Our kids would have been gone.
0: Yeah, <laughs> would have been mad if they was not, not I first. I <laughs>
1: I was like, where'd you even get that from? This is not a competition.
0: hmm hmm So moving on to popular self-help literature and kind of the New Age spiritual movement, we see the ego often associated with the negative aspects of the self. Things like arrogance, selfishness, and attachment to material possessions are all highlighted parts of the ego.
1: mm So for today's episode, we're really focusing on the physical and spiritual and the new age definitions. And our mishmash of these definitions is the ego is that part of yourself that you probably most identify with. And sometimes if inflated or when we're not as self-aware, the ego is that part of yourself that can get in the way and negatively impact how you interact with the world. So some ways that we can see ego play out. An inability to handle criticism or questioning, it speaks to the ego not liking to be challenged of its Mm -hmm. self-perceived greatness. How dare you question me? How dare you criticize me? There are no notes. This cannot be improved upon. (laughs) Over-identification with gender roles, Mm. you know, machismo, toxic masculinity, that was something that definitely comes up about fragile egos and you know how insulting it can be to emasculate a man and say something to a man that directly hits him with respect to his masculinity Mm. but we're gonna be fair pick me's they in there too on the women's side you know we see a lot of these like it's and it's a superiority complex too we see a lot of these like femininity workshop courses Mm -hmm. and over identifying with being a woman that does not have anything to do with feminism i guess was what i would say Mm. it doesn't really have anything to do with like bringing other women up it's more so like yeah you know i'm I'm, a woman i cook i clean I'm i'm better
0: than those women exactly
1: yeah A need for control is another signal that like the egos at play, because it's all about maintaining power and dominance. Lack of empathy. You cannot see other people when you're focused on yourself. So you cannot empathize because you're only living your individual experience. And excessive self-promotion, which is, it sounds like, being cocky or just being like i'm that dude i'm that i'm that chick but you're really actually seeking recognition from the external and you're seeking external validation so you're like look at me look at me i'm so great and you want to hear like yeah you really are great you're like yeah i am
0: so maybe you heard that list and you're like i'm not that bad do i really need to work on my ego why does the ego even matter Well, when you're talking about spiritual development, and especially things like enlightenment, transcending the ego is seen as the pathway to reach those higher states. Some people even talk about this idea of ego death, which is a temporary dissolution or loss of the ego's sense of self-identity. Usually that comes with the aid of psychedelics, and that results in this profound shift in consciousness. Well, even if you're like, I'm not trying to do all that, I'm just trying to be a better person, overcoming the ego is seen as a means to achieve personal growth, happiness, and spiritual development.
1: So we teased it at the top of this episode. We've talked about this book on the podcast before, but we wanted to talk about it again, Michael Singer's book, The Untethered Soul. And there is an amazing exercise in that book that has you continuously ask who am I or respond to someone asking who are you actually that's making me think of Black Panther mm-hmm.
0: <laughs> I thought about it too it's
1: like who I mean they said it in language but it was like yeah. who are you anyways so for me that might look like me saying well I'm Jen and really that's just a label that's something that my parents came up with and put on my birth certificate That's just a way I identify myself. I might say I'm mixed wife, but I wasn't always mixed wife. And I'm a mother, but I wasn't always a mother. When I was 10 years old, I wasn't a mother. Those are things that something happened, an event happened, and then after that event, I took on a new label. Mm -hmm. And it's also about my relationship to somebody else. That doesn't really get to who I am. Mm -hmm. And so you keep doing that, so on and so forth. And the purpose of the exercise is to really get to the spiritual being that is you, that has the privilege of experiencing the emotions, the events, the feelings, everything that happens around you. And, and really tune in on the, on the word observe, mm. not the feeling. But that gets to observe the experience and mm-hmm. observe the feelings. And that's what I was really trying to get to with the breath work without giving away like this exercise of just, I think most times in meditation, I'm like, oh, I got to remember to put more oat milk on the grocery list. Mm-hmm. And that'll come up and I'm like, okay, back into meditation. And an ob- like observing it would be more like, hmm. That's interesting that she thought that.
0: Mm, mm. Yeah, I highly recommend doing that exercise. If you can really get into it, it's trippy. Like it gets you in this place where you're just like, "Whoa!" Like that book, "Unto the Soul," was the first book that I read on this journey, and it doing that exercise, which is like the first chapter. I want to say, right? Mm-hmm. It really got me to a place of understanding what spirituality was really all about and just how like deeply personal this journey can be. You know, basically the author is helping you to strip away how often we identify ourselves with the constant stream of thoughts and emotions that arise within us, and it helps you to realize that this identification with the egoic mind keeps us trapped in these repetitive patterns and can really limit our true potential.
1: So the book is like the untethered soul and it's and it's talking about untethering yourself.
0: From all of the different identities that you try to like the labels that we often try to put on ourselves so yes. like in asking yourself who you are like getting away from like i'm this person's wife i'm this person's mother like you're untethering it and getting to like the true like essence of who you are
1: exactly so that seat of the soul which exactly. which does have ties to some other traditions as well and all of that sounds very serious and what i'm about to say is not serious at all but every time i visualize it in my head i think about that old man alien in, Men in black <laughs> and when they opened up his face it was like a little alien sitting inside that head <laughs>
0: Yeah, that's basically what it is.
1: Yeah, same thing. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I'm with it. So let's get into it. How do we transcend our ego? Here are some practices that you can start to incorporate and experiment with and just see what happens. First up, awareness. And I think this one is huge because... How often do we see some viral video of someone acting a whole fool and they are not reading the room? Like they are, they are in the middle of the Apple store talking about they were told by Apple care that they could come in there and get the part. And it's like, girl, why are you in here hooting and hollering, banging your hand on this counter when you want you need a charger? You got to chill and just not being aware of yourself how this ties back into the ego is you're so entrenched in your own experience that you can't be aware of anything else. Mm. And like the feedback that you're getting from others and your place in the world and how every, again, how everything's interconnected. Mm -hmm. So developing a heightened level of self-awareness, it helps you recognize the patterns, the beliefs and the behaviors that are driven by the ego. Mm. so you're more capable of being like, whoa, okay. Not only am I aware of what's happening in the present, I'm aware of how this reminds me of something that happened 15 years ago Mm -hmm. and the feelings that that brings up for me, but I'm also aware enough to know that this is not the same instance, and even if it was, I know how to better handle that situation. Mm. Instead of being like, "Ah," you know, just like spazzing out and being like, this hurt me and I don't know how to act and I'm mm-hmm. just angry and, and this is about me, me, me. And it's like, oh, okay. I can see how this is all playing out.
0: Yeah. It's like each of us are simultaneously the main character in our own story, but also supporting characters in every story of the people that we interact with at the same time. Mm-hmm. And a lot of times people can only see themselves as the main character in their own movie and like completely neglect the fact that they're supporting characters to mm-hmm. everyone who they interact with.
1: Hmm. Now, myself personally, I think Mick also identifies with this. I can be hyper (laughs) self-aware, like a little bit too self-aware. So, yeah, we'll probably talk about that a little bit later as well.
0: The next tool for kind of transcending the ego is observation. And this one is a big focus in the untethered soul. And it's really about getting to that seat of self. That's what Michael Singer, the author, calls it. What this entails is... Cultivating the ability to observe the ego without judgment or attachment, allowing us to see its influence in our thoughts, emotions, and actions. So when I think about that, I go to my favorite movie, The Matrix. I've talked about it plenty of times on the podcast. (laughs) But kind of the arc of the first movie, you see how initially Neo is allowing... The Matrix, he even says this, he has all these memories that weren't even real, but it was what The Matrix told him his life was, right? Like so he was in this like very reactive space. And a lot of us live our lives initially just being reactive to the stimuli around us, right? But as the movie unfolds and he gets to the end, the very, very end, he's in the hallway battling the agents after he had been shot and kind of gotten back up, he can then see the actual source code of the matrix and he's analyzing it and watching it happen. And he has this look on his face where he's just like, wow, I see it happening. And I'm now like controlling what's happening around me. And even in a space to appreciate even the small nuances that are occurring within the matrix. Right. So just like this flip of being reactive and in a place of observation and control later. Mm
1: hmm. Yeah, I love that scene. And when we were talking about that scene Mm -hmm. for this episode, it really, like, you really drive down the point that he wasn't cold. He wasn't unfeeling. Mm -hmm. But he wasn't emotional about it. Like, oh, my gosh, this is amazing. Mm -hmm. But he was just kind of like, huh, okay. Next up, dissolving identification. And we, again, touched on this with the the exercise of who are you. And... (sighs) identification it's giving ig bio (laughs) this is not my bio but it's giving like christian wife hashtag boy mom (laughs) or honestly how we opened up the show like i'm jen a former lawyer yogi human Mm -hmm. design reader tarot card reader whatever and so why do we need to move on from the identification because it's temporary so like even if i identify with being a former lawyer yogi human design lover until the day that I die, that's still not forever. That's not eternity. It's finite. Mm-hmm. And there's nothing wrong with identifying with certain labels, but but what is the value that you're putting on these things? And sometimes that can keep us stuck. So how many times have we heard stories about athletes, you know, getting injured, and now they can no longer play or... I mean, mm. more common in my personal life is seeing high school athletes, people that I went to high school with who didn't go to college and like play in college and then like didn't go pro and just, it was like, you're still stuck in this like high school football star.
0: The glory days.
1: Yeah. <laughs> in my day, you know. Yeah. And it's it's a trope that we see play out on in drama, in reality TV, in real life, all the time of people who are like, this is who I was, and then that ended, and I don't really know what to do anymore mm-hmm. because they have over identified with that part that spoke to their ego. Mm-hmm. When I left the law firm, I was a I was a lawyer at a at a big law firm for five years. I knew I didn't want to be a partner. I knew I didn't want to be there anymore. It was hella toxic. I hated it. But there was a part of me that was like, but it's prestigious. And people respect you when they know that you work at this firm. Mm. And are you going to leave that behind to go work in-house? And what does that say about you? You didn't say shit about me. (laughs) You didn't say nothing about me. And just, it was interesting how I got caught up in that. And, like, even after I went in-house, even for a little while, I was just like, "Oh, this is a little ghetto from the the law firm days. Yeah. I had to bring my own cups. They didn't provide no snacks, no water. What?
0: Bro, we are literally sitting amongst (laughs) billions of people on a floating rock in the middle of the sky. (laughs) Who gives a fuck if you work for a law firm? (laughs) Like sorry that, was, that sometimes trips me out how people will put all of this weight on these man-made things it's just like bro what we are literally moving hurtling around a star a ball of gas that's made of like freaking fire yeah <laughs> like and that's what y'all worry about exactly
1: none of that mattered I mean, obviously, I don't care anymore. I'm For a former sure. lawyer. But yes. I, I think as a culture, though, we were in in especially like hustler culture, bring mm-hmm. yourself up by your bootstraps, capitalist bullshit culture mm-hmm. is like, yeah, that's what you do. Like, who are you? What do you do? Mm-hmm. What do you do? I yeah. glow. Mm-hmm. I shine. I exist. Mm. I rest. You know, it's like what I what feeds me yeah is that what you're interested in
0: you know it's interesting since moving here i don't know if i've heard that question what do you do yeah
1: that is interesting but something i kind of suspect is that i feel like in new york that would be like a really big driver or in other places where you don't really have as much to talk about but i feel like sometimes people get weird about celebrity a little bit here Mm. in l.a and so it's just like, like, I asked them another mom at a birthday party, like, like, how do you know the parents of the the birthday girl? She's like, we used to work together at Universal. And I was like, oh, that's cool. Like, and either I asked or somehow she told me, but it was like, she got very cagey. And basically she was an in-house attorney on the reality TV programs. And I was like, that's hella dope. Like, yeah. I'm not looking to, to leverage that. I don't really yeah. give a shit. Yeah. But like. Can we talk about Real Housewives? Like, that's what I want to talk about. Like, can we, I'm trying to find something we have in common here. Yeah, yeah. But anyways, that was very long-winded, but
0: yeah. All right. So next on the journey of transcending the ego, we have letting go. And this really focuses on letting go of attachments, desires, and expectations that really stem from these ego-driven motivations and recognizing their transient nature. Now, before you're like, let go of my desires, what about hashtag manifestation? (laughs) Remember you're letting go of desires that are ego-driven. Nowhere in there are you letting go of what you want and definitely not what you need. But if what you want is to further inflate your sense of self, then definitely let that go.
1: Yeah. If you want that Chanel bag so you can stunt on these hoes, (laughs) let that shit go. (laughs) I had to work through that in my Like money wounds, materialism or not materialism, like exploration, like when I first started manifesting, because of course it was like, well, one, why should I want this? And is it a judgment on me that I want this? And I think where I ended up shaking out is I like beautiful things, I don't buy beautiful things to. Stunt. I buy them because they make me happy and I like them and that's okay. And so, like, wanting to have a nice car or a nice house or a particular job or whatever, as long as it's not like this is going to make me feel better and make how I think other people perceive me is going to be in a higher status or whatever, Mm -hmm. then, like, that's the key. That's the key where you might be operating from your ego. So as you continue to shed these labels and drill down on what really drives you outside of your ego, you're going to find a stronger sense of authenticity and presence. And that means that you're living from a place that aligns with your true essence rather than being driven by your ego and external validation. And personally, I'm really feeling this shift in a very, very big way. I've always felt like I was very independent, but I like to ping stuff off of people all the time. And it was almost like, I know what I want to do, but if someone's like, yeah, that's a good idea. And I'm like, yeah, then it's a really good idea. Mm. And like really getting out of that and really getting to the, the soul that is labeled as Jen. And like, what really drives her Mm -hmm. and even, and that can even come up with like intuitively and like prayer praying and like meditating and like meditating for an answer and drilling down to like, no, but you knew the answer. Mm. External validation can go to the cosmos. Yeah. Right. Mm -hmm. So I have really been feeling this shift and it's, it can be a little bit uncomfortable, but it's been very, very freeing. Mm hmm. And I wanted to bring up hyper self-awareness again, because this showed up when I was thinking about external validation, that sometimes if you've, if you experience being hyper self-aware or like any type of social anxiety, right? You're like wondering what people are thinking. It's really about external validation. You want that feedback of like, mm-hmm. yes, I don't think you're really awkward at this party. And like... <laughs> You know, you are coming off really super cool. And I really do want to get to know you. Like, you, you're looking for that positive feedback. Mm-hmm. And stripping that off helps me to just like be in the moment like mm-hmm. it just gives you that presence right you're not running this script in your head of like what are they thinking did I laugh too loud you just you get to strip that away mm-hmm. I've been wondering if part of that though for me has come from leaving corporate America and like leaving behind code switching
0: because mm-hmm.
1: I think we talk about code switching where we have in the past and we I mean like as a culture people will talk about it as like Black people are bilingual, mm. like that we can speak, you know, AAVE, and we can also like go into these corporate settings mm-hmm. and like have this different voice and cadence or whatever. But is it authentic? Is that like your true authentic self? I don't know. Why can't it be both? I think that it could be. Mm-hmm. It could be both. You could be authentic in it. I think that I have dabbled in code switching that was inauthentic. Okay. Of like the oh, that was so funny. Yeah, mm. that's not that's not me.
0: That's funny. Now I just think about how, like, a lot of times when I was in corporate America, I would get the feedback that I was quiet, Mm-hmm. and I think that was me being authentic to the conversation. <laughs> <laughs> like I wouldn't do the fake stuff. You
1: thought the conversation
0: was goofy. And I was like, it's goofy. I ain't gonna <laughs> say. <it." laughs> Like, he's so quiet. He never talks. My friends and family would never say that. <laughs> yeah.
1: I think it was kind of like the, there's an element of code switching in those situations where you will fold yourself and bend yourself and contort yourself to mm-hmm. find something in common when the other person is not doing that for you. Yeah. You know, like, I would find myself in conversations about duck hunting. I don't yeah. give a fuck about duck hunting. What yeah. are you talking about? Yeah. we're like yeah we want to, and i was like oh and is and is your lake house far from here like I, you know like
0: <laughs> you were trying baby are <laughs> you
1: asking me about the new fenty beauty drop no you don't care about me
0: yeah.
1: let's find some common ground here <laughs>
0: <laughs> anyway back to our discussion on the ego like all things we talked about like letting go and like really like asking who you are, that work isn't easy. Like it's, it's difficult work. It can bring up some things. It can be really deep and emotional in some ways. And I think the question is like, we have to ask why, why are we doing all of this? You know, I think really the ego and this idea of individualization of ourself, it is both a gift and a curse. It is at the same time, a great strength of ours, but can also be our biggest adversary as as people, right? I think we see it all the time. We this ego and this idea that our perspective is the correct one and that we are better than other people a lot of times. That's really what the ego tends to try to to do. It tries to, you know, inflate our our sense ourself and our position. It causes the majority of the divisions that we see in our society, right? Mm-hmm. Like whether that is things like the COVID-19 vaccine, right? On both sides, you have people thinking that they were better than the other side. You know, you I, I'm, I'm somehow pure because I didn't get vaccinated or I'm somehow smarter than you because I did get vaccinated. Mm-hmm. And the science says that I'm right, right? So the ego plays out in, in that scenario. It plays out Major religions, right? Like we see it all across the board. Like I, I know the right way. I, I'm the one who's going to get to to heaven, I, and you're not because my ego tells me I'm better than you because of, of these things that I that I believed or that I was born into, yeah. right? And so I think the more we individually can escape the prison of our own ego, the more we can feel a deeper connection to the world all around us and really embrace like unity and like transcend this human experience and really get to this, I the true idea, the truth is that we're all actually one energy that's connected beyond just this veil of individuality that we exist within. So, Mm -hmm. yeah, at that point, you know, we can be less focused on how your actions might've bruised my ego and triggered something from my past. And, you know, I can better see you as an individual.
1: Yeah. Yeah, that's exactly what I was going to say It's like the macro of like COVID and war and religion, but also like the micro, right? Mm -hmm. If like me and you are speaking from our ego Mm -hmm. in an argument, in a disagreement, the Mm -hmm. chances of us finding resolution are very slim, Mm -hmm. like in marriage, in friendship, like I watch so much reality TV and I watch all of these interactions and arguments occur where people are like, well, I was hurt and da, 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 but like. Both of them are speaking from their ego. Yeah. And they can't agree on, hey, like, we're a team or we are best friends and there is a lot of love here and let's go from there. Mm -hmm. It's just they're so caught into how they personally feel triggered and how their self was attacked. Mm hmm. Mm. Lots to think about. (laughs) Lots to think about. And, you know, like we said, this is kind of like your life's work If you're gonna embark on this So mm-hmm. this isn't something like you know what I've transcended My ego I listened to The podcast Done mm-hmm. what's going on for the rest of the week It's yeah. you know it it Happens to the best of us It Absolutely. is it is really cool though when you see A situation play out that would have Normally like got you fired Up mm-hmm. and you just sit there and you watch It and you're like Okay mm-hmm. like Yeah my- <laughs> A situation came up this week. Yesterday. Yesterday. And Mick was like, I feel like you were disrespected. Like I was, I had a business call. The person on the other end was, they were disrespectful. And I told him, I said, they were disrespectful, but I didn't give them the power to disrespect me. And I used to have a very big thing about being disrespected and that someone Mm -hmm. would think so little of me that they would think that they could speak to me that way or disrespect me in that way. And I was like, yeah, they were disrespectful. I handled what needed to be handled. I didn't fly off the handle.
0: hmm I was ready to though.
1: You were. Make me ready to fight people in my dreams. Okay. So <laughs> get you one of those. I was
0: like, you need me to release the hounds because I'm ready, baby. Right?
1: I was like, he was disrespectful. He was, but we handled it. And yeah.
0: Yeah. I even as like she was telling me the story, I felt this internal like. Am I reacting out of ego? Like, is this like some machismo stuff that's coming up for me right now? Like, where, where's the line? Like, how do I feel? It, it was a lot. So the point is, this work is not easy. It is something that takes a lot of time to develop and figure out how you want to move as a spiritually enlightened person in this, in this world.
1: hmm hmm And people will try it. Mm-hmm. I mean, we could keep talking, but I think the episodes run on long enough. So before we go, remember to follow us on all social media platforms, TikTok, Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, whatever you got, <laughs> get on it. And we've been thinking about hosting lives on some of those platforms, all of them. I don't know. I don't know how you do it all, but we've been thinking about it. And if you follow us, you can always slide in our DMs if you have a question. So yeah. Yeah.
0: Finally, guys, if you're loving the show, please subscribe and give us five stars wherever you listen.
1: Namaste.